0: This week, meet Kevin Tan, co-founder and CEO of Snack Pass, the mobile food ordering app that has taken over college towns across the country. After graduating from Yale in 2016 with a degree in physics, Kevin launched Snack Pass, enabling users to skip the line at local restaurants and providing restaurants with a social media platform to market to potential customers. With over 80% penetration at schools like Yale and Brown, Snack Pass has expanded to over 10 campuses and over 50,000 customers in just the last 24 months and with only eight employees. Welcome, Kevin. I'm super excited to have you here.
1: I'm really excited to be here. Thanks, Alexa.
0: Before we dive right in, um, I know that you have some really exciting Snack Pass announcements uh, and I know that at inspired capital. I was very excited to be able to be an investor, but do you want to just give us the exciting news that you're announcing this week before we dive in?
1: Absolutely. So we just raised our Series A. It was led by Andreessen Horowitz. Andrew Chen was the lead investor there. And we also got a bunch of other awesome people around the table, including Inspired Capital and really excited to work with you too. Our seed investors first round, also part of the... The round and, and Y Combinator.
0: Just absolutely exciting. And again, um, having met Kevin, he's just phenomenal. Okay, so Kevin, let's just dive right in. What is Snack Pass in your own words? And then just tell us about the origin story of how you came up with this great idea.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, Snack Pass is the most fun and convenient way to order food. You can order on your phone and then pick it up without waiting in line. And every time you order something, you also get to send a gift to a friend. And one of our users said it best. It's like ordering food with your friends, even though they're not with you physically.
0: Kevin, where'd you guys come up with the idea? What was sort of the moment of inspiration and walk us through launching it? So SnackBest
1: started as a simple app where you can log in with your yale.edu email and get student discounts. You know, my roommates and I always use the the Yale 50 Papa John's discount in our dorm room. And we thought, why don't we just, you know, why can't there be an app that just put all these discounts together? But at that time, it was just a, a pretty you know, one player sort of app where you, you order food and pick it up yourself. And it didn't involve, you know, other friends like it does today. What really hit me was uh, there was this girl I liked at the time who was into a place called Tropical Smoothie Cafe and, and she used the app too. And, and I was just trying to figure out a way if I could just send her like a gift on the app and all her friends could see it would be this like big gesture, you know, at the same time, we're trying to figure out how to make the app more viral. And we had these reward points um, on the app. So. It kind of hit me is like why can't you take those points and use those as like a gift so now every time you buy something you get to send a gift to someone it could be a, a crush or it could be you know your roommate or even someone who's like an acquaintance and we've seen a lot of students and users use it in all sorts of ways, from from low-key flirting to you know keeping in touch with old friends um in a really low effort kind of way.
0: I absolutely love that, you know, uh, as somebody who was Harvard undergrad when, uh, you know, same class as Mark Zuckerberg, it reminds me so much of um, kind of the poke feature where it kind of made, uh, you know, Facebook so exciting early days because there was all of these simple ways to flirt. (laughs) So walk us through Snack Pass, uh, walk us through the experience for your different stakeholders. So both for consumers and for restaurants and how they both benefit.
1: Yeah, start with consumers. So. There's really three value propositions that we promise for our customers. Uh, You know, you can save time, uh, save money, and uh, it's a fun way to connect, and be more social. So save time because you can just order on your phone and skip the line. When you walk to the restaurant, the food's ready and waiting for you when you get there with your name on it. Um, So you can just grab it and go. You can save money because you collect all these points and you get these rewards and you can also, you know, team up with your friends to to get points together and it's social because it's kind of part of the repertoire of like you can send snaps to each other and text and you can also send gifts on snack pass i was just scrolling through this the memes page at yale and someone posted uh at yale we don't say i love you we send each other gifts on snack pass Um, (laughs) so it's kind of become part of yeah everyone's daily daily life and i think our model which is focused on pickup not delivery lends itself to sort of that daily uh, usage and you know the average customer orders you know more than two times a week but some of our power users use it every day or even multiple times a day and that means that you know you're sending a lot of gifts and it can really become a true network.
0: I love it and talk us through how uh, it really helps restaurants scale.
1: Yeah so for restaurants the first thing is that it's a really great way to tap into a bigger customer base than you have on your own. You know, oftentimes for, for restaurants, it's, it's whoever's walking past, you know, you on the street or, or saw you on your sign. But on Snack Pass, you know, we have the entire student body on and you know, you're able to get incremental business at a fraction of what you'd have to pay to a delivery platform like Uber Eats or DoorDash. It's also a really nice way to streamline orders. So oftentimes restaurants will tell us like, some people call in and then spend a, a long time communicating that order through the phone and it, it takes up employee time and, and labor costs is, is a big, big issue. So with Snack Pass, it's so seamless. You can have multiple customers ordering at once. It just shows up on the tablet and there's like a little ticket printer. Um, so it really streamlines uh, orders for, for restaurants.
0: That's so exciting. Um, I mean, if you, if you really think about it, when I met you, we were sitting in a, a restaurant and you said to me, Alexa, you see all those people that are waiting in line there and you see that this restaurant's full. Uh, Right now, not only could we have gotten rid of that entire line, and this restaurant could be doing three times the volume. And that's when I said, Kevin, I really, really get it. And I think, you know, that's wonderful for uh, all of the different restaurants that you get to support. So you started Snack Pass when you were at Yale, um, but have since expanded to college campuses across the country. How did you think about rolling out across campuses and making sure – you would achieved such deep penetration on Yale's campus so quickly, you know, again, north of that 80% penetration. How did you achieve that? And as you think about rolling out across other college campuses, how are you thinking about that playbook?
1: Yeah, so we kind of took a page out of, you know, Facebook's playbook and, and also Tinder's uh, playbook. So going back to two years ago, when we launched at Yale, yeah, it really just blew up. And, and within a few months, over 80% of the campus was on snack pass and using snack pass. In fact, in those days, it was you know just our, the three co-founders, and we were so inundated with orders and like caught off guard that at one place we were in the back like washing blenders because there were so many orders coming in and the employees were so busy. We wanted them to keep taking orders, so we were like, "You take the orders, we'll wash the blenders." But yeah, it, we saw that early traction and really deep penetration at Yale. Um, we focused a lot on you know camp, campus ambassadors. And being part of the culture. And I think the product, which is as much a social product as as it is a utility, also lent itself to becoming really popular and viral. And after Yale, you know, we we brought that model to Brown the next semester. And the same thing happened there. Now over you know, over eighty percent of Brown's using it, it's a household name there. People actually customers are spending more at Brown than they are at Yale. And so we took that playbook, you know, we write everything we do down, it goes into a, a, a Google Doc and Now we're at 10 campuses two years later with over 10 million in GMV a year, basically customers spending $10 million on the app every year. Every month for the past 24 months, it's been growing 25% month over month. We're still learning as we go, but we think we've really cracked a model that will help us get to 100 campuses. And that's our our go to market for the next uh, 24 months.
0: Uh, What's amazing about this, Kevin, is everything that you just said, 10 million in GMV, you know, 10 campuses on track to try to go and penetrate 100 campuses with a clear playbook of how to do that. You've done it with only eight employees. And you you just told the example of literally washing blenders inside, um, you know, a, a restaurant early days to help get up and off the ground. Talk a little bit about kind of the, the the culture at Snack Pass. There's eight of you. Everyone's hustling. Just give us a sense on the other side. If someone were going to join uh, Snack Pass tomorrow, and I know you are hiring, talk through just a little bit of how you guys are making this all happen. Again, it's kind of crazy. There's eight of you. How, how's that working right now?
1: So, you know, we, we got to the, these benchmarks with eight employees, and then we raised the Series A over the summer, having shown, you know, a lot of validation with very low burn rate and so since then you know we've added 10 more people so we're 18 now and it's really an exciting time to come help us put fuel on the fire yeah we're you know we're looking for people who are entrepreneurial and creative we're going into new markets and and just you know spinning up the flywheel and also contributing those learnings in each market to you know the existing playbook Um, and so it's an interesting sort of chemistry that we've created on our team so what's funny is that more than half of our team right now of 18 are we actually initially snack pass users in, including my co-founder actually they were people who used the product and loved it so much and then at one point we send a push out to a bunch of our users and said like hey we're hiring summer interns would you like to work with us um, and that's how we got our first crop of interns and even our first few employees
0: I love that. That makes me so happy. It is always so wonderful when your team members are people who are passionate users. I want to talk through a little bit about what makes Snack Pass so fun. It, you know, I, I always try to describe it as it's a food delivery app. Think an Uber Eats or a Seamless, but mixed with really the social component. And that's what really makes it sticky. Talk through a little bit about what users are loving so much about the social piece and kind of what users can do on the platform um, that just makes it more fun.
1: Yeah. So at the base level, you know, the gifting mechanism is what creates that that network. So every time you buy something, you, can, you get a point for yourself and you get to send one to a friend. But what's cool is that, yeah, after, um, you know, once we built this mechanism, we have a sort of friend graph, you know, on the app. And so we've built sort of mini social apps on top of that. For example, now you can buy people like a taco or, or a coffee or a smoothie, like a full price item on the app. And people really like this. They use it for birthdays or uh, congratulations. Actually a very popular use case for this feature is like saying, like apologizing. So It's like, I'm so sorry I did, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, here's, a, here's your favorite smoothie. Um, you know, birthday gifts was so popular too that we created a feature where you enter your birthday and uh and now we'll send you a gift on snack pass and and tell all your friends to send you gifts too
0: kevin what is so exciting is the fact that you can make things social but through food um, the fact that, again, like the birthday feature, uh, my husband would be sending me, by the way, cappuccinos like every morning to apologize for the fact that um, he he accidentally wakes me up when he comes home at night or uh, wakes me up early when he leaves in the morning. Um, I mean, there's just so many use cases to leverage food as a fun way to be social. And it makes so much sense.
1: Absolutely. So uh, a North Star for our- even our our product design or product strategy is if it makes us laugh we put it in. So on Valentine's day, we had already this feature where you can send someone a taco or or buy them anything. So we added these puns to all these food items. So if it was like a berry smoothie, it would would say, I love you very much or be my biscuit. One of my favorite ones was for like drunken noodles, you know, um, I'm drunken in love. And so we attached these puns, uh, to the gifts. And, and that was a big hit. Um, so yeah, it's something if it makes us laugh, um, that's a good sign.
0: That's wonderful. Um. So Kevin, so many brands are trying to capture the attention from this exact demographic that you've just leaned right into the Gen Z. What are your kind of tips or tricks? And I think maybe you've mentioned some of them, which is like keeping things fun and light and social. But what else have you learned while really catering to this audience?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um. Yeah, I, I see a lot of like, gen z experts or people self-branded like that but i mean i think the, the key is just to keep it authentic and fun and useful i don't think like gen z is that different when we're creating a product we think of it from a jobs to be done framework um so it's we don't think about like what is the demographic of the user like you know you don't buy the new york times because you're a college educated 25 to 30 year old living in the city you buy new york times because you are drinking a coffee and you want something to read or, or you want an authoritative you know, news source. So you have a problem that you're try to, trying to solve and you hire a product to solve that problem. And so we think about the, the problems that our users have and what is the best way we can solve that? What is, how is Snackfast the best product to hire? And so certainly if you're trying to, you know, and you're in a hurry on the way to class and you're trying to get food the fastest way Even like delivery, you got to like wait, you know, 40 minutes or whatever for someone to deliver to your house. Like, it's faster. Just go pick it up uh, if the coffee shop is, you know, on your way to class. And so I guess to answer your question, I don't think there's any like tricks. It's just being authentic and understanding the user's real problems. And our users just happen to be college students.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, so uh, Snack Pass presented at Y Combinator. I would love just to get a sense of what was your experience like and um, what lessons did you learn through that experience that other entrepreneurs listening to this could really take away?
1: Yeah, it was a very surreal experience because it was, it was very artificial in some way, but also kind of a very dramatic because you have all these startups doing all these different things, you know, many unrelated, um, like there's biotech and there's, Um, food apps like us and but then they're all channeled in the last few weeks into the same like sort of beauty pageant and they go on stage and present to like the top investors in in Silicon Valley and and all kind of trained to um, pitch to what investors look for like you know a a graph and and stuff like that and and just keep it simple Um, so that was really interesting and you have these like figures like Michael Seibel who are kind of like icons but I think the biggest lesson that was really useful from Y Combinator was the very last talk afterwards, um, after Demo Day, um, which is called uh, the Grim Reaper talk. It was basically about how all these companies that went on to raise a bunch of money um, and were very successful, eight months later or 12 months later, they like completely burned their cash and, and died. And so it was like chart after chart of all these amazing stories that of, of companies that raised a bunch of money and then died and continued to raise money maybe and then you know eventually died and then contrast that with a few companies that were maybe uh middle of the pack in terms of how they did but kept their burn low and really were focused and at the end they were able to create a lasting business so what we've always been focused on is actually creating a real business with solid unit economics um, and keeping our burn low like not using fundraising rounds as like the goal it's like oh we need to validate or or grow enough just to get to the next round like that's not the way we look at it we um, just try to try to build the best business we can i think that's the biggest lesson from yc and that's might run counter to some of the advice that some vcs would have
0: so one other thing i just wanted to mention so there's uh three total co-founders um at snack pass so tell us just a little bit about that what it's like what makes that relationship work and uh you know having chatted with The team, uh, they're all fantastic. So just give us a sense of what it's like to have uh, a total of three co-founders.
1: It works really well. Um, My two co-founders, Jonathan and and Jamie, couldn't have done it without them. And we have really interesting complementary skills. So there's really like three pillars of Snack Pass. One is like the product and technology. The other is the restaurants. And the third is the the customers, like the students. So um, in the beginning, I basically focused on building the, the product and the technology and um, John went and sold all the restaurants, and Jamie went and uh, got all the users through through ambassadors. And even to this day, you know, John's like out getting our our most important accounts. Jamie is running all these campus launches and crushing it on the upside. side, and I'm I'm still in the mix too. So it's really nice. Um, John is, is funny. it's funny. Two two funny stories. Like by the time we got to YC, we were we were completely bootstrapped. We didn't have any in funding, and Actually, we got turned down by Yale's Entrepreneurship Institute like three times, and each time was was Snack Pass, like it was three times in a row. So we always had this um, focus on actually building the business as opposed to fundraising in those early days. So, you know, John was from my hometown in Ohio, and he drove up all the way to New Haven when I told him about like the early traction we were getting. And then Jamie, you know, saw the Snack Pass logo in a Acai Bowl store, and then reached out to me on Facebook and I could tell she was like a different breed like she's just the most um driven and, and intense and also tr- you know someone you can trust and yeah that was a rock solid foundation that might have appeared to be um an investable team from like Silicon Valley maybe you know an investable team looks like someone who worked at Google or someone who Started a few companies, but you know we were none of us had startup experience, uh, but we had a lot of, a lot of heart uh, you, in you, the early days. Was, and, you finished
0: yeah. you finished the sentence for me. I was gonna say, but you guys have a lot of heart, um, and you, you really love what you're building. I want to hear a little bit, like what was has been the most fun moment so far? What was this moment where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe that just happened, for Snack Pass to date?
1: Hmm. So. You know, we're about to I think later today, we're going to hit our millionth purchase, which is pretty surreal that the scale of I still remember when I was trying to get my roommate or, you know, the room across the hall from me in my dorm room to like you download the app. That was like customer number one. Um, So now we're at number a million. That's pretty surreal. That is
0: totally Um, wild. That's amazing. And with that, we'll be right back after this. Um, so switching gears, so like that's been the most exciting moment, which congratulations again. I can't believe that's happening today. What has been the hardest moment? Um, what's the thing where you were like, wow, um, and like you lost your confidence or you felt something like something was truly cracking in a way that worried you? Um, and, and what was that like for everybody?
1: Yeah, you know, last year when we launched at Berkeley, it was this, it felt like everything was breaking. Um, we like migrated our, our back end server. We spent $30,000 on new tablets from a supplier and then they all turned out to be faulty. And we even like, but the worst part of it was we didn't even, it wasn't very obvious that they were faulty. We would call, a, rest, a restaurant called us and they said, this tablet is is pressing buttons on its own. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no way. But we, and then another restaurant called us and it's like, yeah, it's like doing things on its own. And then we realized all these tablets had their screens replaced. So then they were, we called them ghost tablets and they were all like <laughs> pressing random buttons. We took a while to figure this out. And there was just so much like last we were coding. I was coding like nonstop, night and day because it was just trying to get all this done before we actually launched our campuses. And we like at the last minute, a week before we launched, we got it going. And But it kind of felt like, wow, if we can't, transition all this code like it just we just can't launch and we it'll it'll die we made all these promises to these restaurants we pulled it off and i haven't coded that much since ever again and i don't think i ever will um Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, first of all, thank you for those sleepless nights. That that's fantastic. Um, that you were able to pull it off. Uh, I'm sure that gave you a ton of confidence on the other side of it, of just what you as a team are capable of. I, I want to like now dive into you as the entrepreneur. Um, which, Kevin, like deep inside, what's driving you as an entrepreneur? What's like what is fueling all of the this nonstop uh, work, coding, etc. What's what's driving you?
1: There's probably some. Deep subconscious things that I don't know about that are driving me. Probably everyone, but um, certainly one of my favorite things about what I'm doing. I feel like I guess tech or, or startups kind of saved me from a life where it's kind of feel like you're, you know, on a track or kind of just working your way up a ladder. And what's what's my favorite thing is that it just offers me like a creative platform where I have all these ideas. And with something like Snack Pass, you, know, you have over 20,000 users using you every day. And like, you can push something just with your computer and instantly have people see it and you know, either reject it or they really like it. And um, it's just that kind of creative platform. And the bigger it gets, like, the more leverage you have to try even bigger experiments. Um, and you know, before this in college, like, I spent most of my years in college thinking I was gonna be a music producer Uh, And I had no leverage there, you know, like no platform. It was very hard to get anyone to listen. And so as a failed musician, um, (laughs) it's really cool to have a, a big audience.
0: That's awesome. I'm just smiling that um, you think of yourself as a failed musician. Yeah. Um, I want to just quickly shift to like, um, is there anything in terms of like your own personal protocols or anything you swear by each week that you need to do? Again, you're kind of poised on this rocket ship, just raised a really big Series A, growing crazy fast what's keeping you sane? Is there any um, routine or exercise or sleep or meditation? Like, w- what are you doing to keep Kevin on the bus?
1: I do like running a lot. And in East Bay, you can go up these mountains in Berkeley. And when you get to the top, you're out overlooking the bay and, and San Francisco. And it was kind of a interesting, like we were lo- overlooking, you know, and into SF. And we always knew we wanted to cross this, bay and get into san francisco but we felt like you know we didn't maybe deserve it yet at that point like this was a year ago and we had to conquer berkeley first it kind of felt like you know daenerys before going into Westeros. like she had to be able to rule her cities uh or you know and and liberate you know i I hope i'm not uh, eventually daenerys uh but um basically the lesson from game of thrones for me was um you have to prove your worth First, and you have to prove yourself. So for us, like before going into cities, you know, we have to be able to really get a foothold in these campuses and um, have something that's really organic that people love before um, going to the next stage. But yeah, I like to run. I think that <laughs> answers your
0: question. Yeah. Um, also, I'm just, I'm such a Game of Thrones fan as well. And so I'm really loving your your example and visualization. One thing I really love about you um, that I admire is just how clear you are on what you want to create and what you want to build. Um, and even what you just said right there, which is like, we need to earn the right to, you know, really get to these campuses and build something really authentic on 100 campuses before we think about transitioning to cities um, and just how committed you are to like the authentic activity that you want to make sure is really there Um, and anyways just not all entrepreneurs are are that clear um, about what they want to create so I I love that running is keeping you on the track I want to ask if it's a Sunday night and you're really excited about the week something's happening at snack pass what is it
1: yeah so there's a few products we're launching that I'm really excited about but probably can't talk about right now but it does feel like you know, every week, our team chemistry is just like getting stronger and everyone's kind of finding their place on like how to contribute and, and like everything's shipping faster, like people are selling more restaurants and hitting their stride. So I mean, the biggest transition was from like, you know, three people or four people building it to like, build, like building, transitioning from building a product to building a team, um, it's kind of a classic transition and uh, it has been challenging, but we're getting better at that. And definitely every Sunday night, looking forward to releasing our, our Monday memo and telling the team about all the exciting stuff um, that we have planned.
0: I love that you um, have a Monday memo. That's fantastic. So I know you're <laughs> hiring, uh, and I know that you guys are poised to, to hire a bunch of roles. Any specific roles that any listeners out there should be thinking about and applying to if they want to be part of a rapid rocket ship, committed to building authentic product for, for college campuses.
1: Absolutely. It's an inflection point for us to have all these resources post-Series A and with all our campuses humming to take it to the next level and go from 10 campuses to 100 campuses to 100 cities. And so if that excites you, we should definitely talk. A really great opportunity at Snackfest is that we're we're hiring for both technical and non-technical people. So certainly looking for engineers. But also, if you're interested in spinning up a new market and and playing that entrepreneurial role, you know we're looking for people who want to help us you know sign up more restaurants and partner with these chains. and then also on the user side, you know do this grassroots marketing on campuses and build an amazing like brand that just vibes with campus culture. So like account executives, marketing managers, and engineers. Uh, we're hiring for all these things for the near future.
0: Wonderful. And you're also hiring both on, on the West Coast and in New York City. Is that right?
1: Yes. West Coast, New York City,
0: and Boston. Wonderful. So I uh, just want to quickly fast forward. We're going to fast forward 10 years, Kevin. All right. What could Snack Pass look like in your head? And I know that like 10 years is a far way out of here, but as you think about the vision and how big it can be, how do you think about what Snack Pass could be?
1: So, you know, our mission is that we make ordinary experiences magical, and we're starting with lines. A lot of magical experiences are being made more magical. So if you go watch a movie and there's like a better movie, you know, that's, that's awesome. Uh, you're, you're mesmerized for that part. But there's something really special about making ordinary experiences magical. Like no one's expecting them to be magical. So when people use Snack Pass and they just get to pick up their food and, and leave, they kind of say like, wow, that was almost uncomfortably convenient. Like they weren't even expecting that. So I think that mission allows us to really have a huge scope to drill down a little bit more. What we think is in the future, there will be no lines or even cash registers like you're going to be ordering on your phone and you won't be standing in line. So anywhere there in the world where there's someone standing in line to order food, that's a problem that Snack Pass should be solving and will be solving. And then beyond that, um, it's a really awesome sort of social intersection between social and e-commerce. I think just it's categorically better for all parties involved um, when you buy something from a merchant for the merchant to give that customer some credit to refer to a friend so actually it's like from a game theory perspective it's just every purchase should be social but you can't build that network around anything you actually have to start with food because food's the most frequently purchased thing like you can't start a network around buying mattresses Um, but with snack pass you know, you're buying something every day or multiple times a day, like your coffee, your dinner, and you're able to um, start creating that network around pickup. And so we're starting with pickup. And in 10 years, you know, we'll see where that social e-commerce platform takes us.
0: It's really fun to to hear you think about that. Kevin, I want to end on one question, which is, If you wanna pay it forward to the entrepreneur of tomorrow, what is one piece of advice that you would give that entrepreneur that just is is really true to who you are and and what you feel like you've learned? So one piece of advice you would pay it forward?
1: I would say, get get a good lawyer. (laughs) But uh, I'm just gonna put that one out there. Everyone should know that, like save you a lot of money. I love our lawyer. Um, But in seriousness, um, I think a lot of founders do use fundraising as like a goal um, and it's kind of natural because it's like an external validation, but actually it's really not. And it creates expectations that, you know, might be not exactly matching up with what your business is. And so instead you should just focus on building the best business and then, you know, fundraising will come and find you.
0: I think that's great advice. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been so fun to hear about uh, your team's ambition for snack Pass. For everybody out there that's listening, download the Snack Pass app, uh, especially if you're on college campuses. Feel free to tweet them to let them know which campus you want them to come to next. And please join us next week for Ink the Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. And thank you so much for this wonderful interview, Kevin.
1: Thank you, Alexa. It's been
0: a pleasure. Thank you all for listening. You can subscribe to Ink's The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel wherever your podcasts are offered.